0: Great, great. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Go ahead and grab your seat, and uh, thank you so much for being with us here at the Medina East Campus. If you are looking for some seats, um, I think that there's a they, they set up some chairs over here in case you're looking for something. Still, you can grab one of those. Uh, but man, let me just say thank you guys so much for being here, and Merry Christmas. It's so good to see you and your families. And I do just want to uh, really kind of like Steve mentioned a moment ago. I really want to extend a very, very, very special welcome to you if you are a guest with us here uh, this Christmas Eve. If this is the first time you've ever stepped foot into Grace Church. Man, thanks so much for being here. Let me just kind of tell you a little bit about Grace, just so you get to know us a little bit. Grace Church is actually one church that exists in seven different locations. And so we are a kind of a multi-campus church, and so we have... Uh, five campuses that are kind of here in the greater Akron area. And then we have two additional campuses that are in Atlanta, Georgia. And so we're kind of a multi-campus movement. And the campus that you're at right now is actually called the Medina East Campus of Grace Church. And we are five years old as a, as a church. In fact, this month we turned five. And so, yeah, that's really exciting. And um, we're pumped about that. So... So five years old, and we've been here doing that now for a little while, and it's been a blast. And like I said, we are so glad if you're our guest. We hope you feel welcome. Uh, we hope you get a chance to connect with some people. In fact, we'd even encourage you afterwards, if you can, to stick around, grab some Christmas cookies, and uh, take some pictures with your family. That'd be awesome. If we've never had a chance to meet before, my name is Tony, and I'm the campus pastor here at the Medina East Campus, and I would love uh, to get to know you a little bit. So stop me in the cafe if you think to, and um, that'd be awesome. I'm also. Really really pumped because um, today, like, like you guys all know, we're celebrating Christmas Eve together, and traditionally, we're only five years old, so we don't have a lot of traditions, but uh, traditionally what we've kind of done in the past, if you've been with us, is typically I'll kind of prepare kind of a short Christmas Bible lesson for us, and usually in the past what I've done is I've prepared that kind of primarily with the adults in mind. And so this Christmas, I actually went about it a little different because I know that there's a lot of kids here today. And so I thought that maybe what I would do instead is first kind of prepare a lesson with the kids in mind. And I thought that, man, if I could give a lesson to the kids, then kind of the idea is that hopefully the adults would be able to follow along too. And so that would be really good. So we're gonna give that a shot today. So we're gonna try something a little different. And here's what I actually wanna ask you to do. And I really mean this, okay? And so if you are a kid and your parents are cool with it, I actually wanna invite you to come up here on the stage with me. Because it's a little crazy, pray for me. But uh, kids, if you wanna make your way up here, you come on, I really mean it, come on up. And then you guys can see that there's some red tape. Do you guys see the red tape on the stage? Okay, so try to stay in the red tape. All right, come on in, you guys. Come on in. Come on up, don't be shy, don't be shy. And you kids, if you guys can go ahead and sit somewhere, try to sit inside of the red lines that are on the stage, that would be awesome. And then if you guys want to face me, because I have a a little lesson prepared for you guys, all right, so very cool. All right, there's a lot of you. That's really great. It's wonderful. Well, Merry Christmas, you guys. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. And, and so I'm really excited because, like I said, I actually kind of prepared a, a lesson for you guys in particular. And I thought your, your parents could kind of follow along. And then I actually kind of want to talk to everybody in the room. But let me ask you guys. So it's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. Are you guys excited about Christmas? Yeah. 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 Me too. I'm really excited and love Christmas. Now, let me just, let me just see something. How, who can tell me? Who of you guys, who of you know? Um, You're raising your hand already, but I haven't asked the question. So, but out of curiosity, what were you going to say? Onions? Onions? Okay. No, that's not the right. How many of you know what the real meaning of Christmas is? What is it we celebrate? Yes, tell me. It's the birthday of Jesus, right? That's what we're celebrating. How many of you guys already knew that? And you guys are so smart. You're so much smarter than all the other kids in the other services. So that's great. And uh, no, but yeah, you're right. We are celebrating the birth of Jesus. That's what we get a chance to celebrate. And of course, there's other fun stuff we do at Christmas, right? So we decorate trees and we open gifts. You guys like to open gifts? You guys like that? Yeah. Do you guys do that thing where you wake up your parents really, really early tomorrow morning? Do you guys yeah. What if this year, what if you didn't do that? What if you let mommy and daddy sleep this year? What do you guys think? Is that a good idea? I think I'm just putting it out there, just putting it out there. But what I want to do, like I said, is I actually prepared kind of a short little lesson for you guys because I wanted to talk a little bit about how big of a deal it is that Jesus was born. You guys know it was a really big deal that Jesus was born. It was a really, really big deal. I want you to think about it like this. How many of you have brothers and sisters? Show of hands. Okay, a lot of you guys have brothers and sisters. you guys like your brothers and sisters? (laughs) <laughs> Should, shouldn't have asked, shouldn't have asked, right? So, so let me see how good you guys are at guessing. So one of my favorite things I get to do in life is I get to be a daddy. I love getting to be a dad. And so I actually have some kids. I just want to see, you guys can just shout it out. Just see how good you are at guessing. How many kids do you guys think I have? Just shout Three. out, 15? Three. No, man, I would not be. Seven, Seven 10. All right. No, no, no. no. I'll, I will tell you. I will tell you. If I had 15 kids, I would not be sane. I have three kids. And, yes. and so I got three. And just out of curiosity, just out of curiosity, how old do you guys think I am? Eight. 85. Wow. Eighty-five. 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 85. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I am, I am, I am 22 years old. And in case you're wondering how tall I am, I'm about six four. So give or take, a couple inches. maybe maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. But no, I have three kids. Can I show you guys a picture of my kids? Yes. Some of you guys some of you guys actually know them because you're probably in class with them. So these are my three kids. Everyone say, Aw, aw, right. So so my oldest here, he is eight years old. And then my second oldest, he is actually, get this, he's gonna be seven next week. Isn't that crazy? So he, his, his birthday is close to Jesus' birthday. And then, and then our little baby here, this is our baby girl, she is two years old. She's going to be two next month. So we have the three. Now, now let me ask you guys, because you guys are, seem to be pretty observant. Who do you think, and you guys know this already, who is the youngest of the three? Yeah, what do you think? What are you pointing at? The girl. The girl. Yeah, you're right. She is the youngest, right? And let me ask you guys another question, all right? What else makes her different than the other kids? What do you think? Um, she's, the youngest. she's the youngest, that's true, but what else makes her different? She has, a different gender. she has a different gender. Yes, that's a very good way of saying she's a girl, right? <laughs> and she is, you are a really smart guy. Did you have something to add? She's blonde, she's blonde and she's blonde. Man, you guys are really good at this. So yes, yeah, so she is... The baby and the only girl, and she's also blonde. And so, let me ask you guys a question. I want you to put your thinking caps on with me, okay, for a minute. So, I want you to really think about this. Okay, you already got it on? You never take it off. Always stay ready, right? That's very good. So, let me ask you guys this question. She is the baby and she's also the only girl. What do you think that means about her? How do you think she's treated? What do you think? The boys team up. The boys team up? Yeah, that's good. What do you think? She gets treated a little differently. That's right. Were you going to say something else? Nope. nope. Okay, yeah. So she does. She gets treated a little differently. Now, just to be clear, we love all of our kids the same, right? Just the way your mommies and daddies love, love all you the same. Do you have something you wanted to add to? You know those two guys? All right. All right. Me too. Yeah. You guys know? That's really cool. That but, but because she's the baby and because she's the girl... She gets treated a little differently, right? We love them all the same, just like your mommies and daddies love all of you the same, but she gets treated a little different. So for example, she's the baby, so sometimes she has to take a nap. You guys know that babies take naps? And when babies take naps, what do you have to do? You have to be very... Quiet, yeah. not uh, very much unlike what's happening right now, right? You got to be really quiet when they take a nap. And she's also the only girl, so she has special toys. And she has a nickname. Do you guys know what we call her around? Does anyone want to take a guess what we, what we call her around the house? Shorty? No. Anyone else have a, Sweet Pea? No. Anyone else have a nickname? Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? Baby, cake? Baby cakes? No. What do you think? Little? Little? Nope. <laughs> Cupcake? Nope. What do you think? Bean? Nope. Baby, little. No, you guys are all wrong. Yes. Um. Oh, I forgot. You forgot. We had. We actually had one person in the last service think that her. Thought that her nickname was vacuum cleaner. Is that silly? Is that silly? So we actually call her the princess. That's what we call her. And we don't call the boys that because that'd be weird. So we call her. We call. You switched it. You changed your mind. I see. Yeah. So yeah. I I don't believe you. But yeah. So she is. She is the princess in our family. And. So, so let me, can I share, can I, you got your hand up. You got something else you want to say? Why can't she be a queen if she's only two? Well, she's a princess. She's not the queen. Mama's the queen. <laughs> so oh just get that straight right now. Mama is the queen, right? So can I share, can I share, share something really exciting with you guys right now? Some, something so my wife and I found out some really great news recently, and I want to show you a picture. Does anybody know what this is a picture of? Shout it out. What is it? Amazing. A a dog. No, not a dog. It's not a dog. This, You're right. This is an ultrasound. And this is a picture. Uh, It does kind of look like a dog. You're right. But this is is actually an ultrasound picture of a little baby. And this baby is our baby that's due in April. And so we're really excited when we found out about this. And by the way, we found out that this little baby is going to be a boy. And I'm not going to tell you all the reasons we know that. You can ask your mommies and daddies about that later on if you want to but we're really excited about that. And part of what that means too is it means that we have another bodyguard to help watch the princess, which is really good. She's gonna be protected by boys. Now, let me ask you guys a question, okay? This is a really important question. I want you to think hard on this. Do you guys think that my family, that my wife and I, do you think we're excited about having another baby? What do you guys think? Yeah, we are. Now, let me ask you another question, follow-up question, all right? By, by, By show of thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs to the side. All right, just kind of consensus here. Do you guys think that Gracie is gonna be excited when this baby comes into the house? What do you guys think? I don't know, mixed reviews. Adults, what do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs mixed reviews, and see the answer to that thumbs question, down. the answer to that question is, well, it depends. It depends. It all depends on how she reacts and how she responds to that. Right? Why do you think maybe it would be challenging for Gracie? Why do you think it'd be hard? What do you think? She's going to get a little less attention, right? That's right. What else do you guys think is going to change? What else? Yeah, what do you think, buddy? Do you just like to raise your hand? That's cool. What do you think, buddy?
1: Having a new baby.
0: Having a new baby so she's going to have to learn how to do something. What do you think? There's more, boys in their house. there's more boys. So she's going to have to learn to get used to smelly things. Yeah, there's going to be. There's a lot of things. What do you think? Have share the spotlight. <sighs> she's going to have to learn how to share. In some ways, the princess is going to get dethroned a little bit, right, when there's someone else that comes into the house. And so while it's really, really good news that there's a new baby that's born, it's also life-changing news. And it has the power to totally change your life. You guys like to watch videos? Okay. Can I show you guys a video real quick? This is a video I want you to watch. I'm going to put it on the big screen. And this is of little kids just like you who are finding out that their mommies are pregnant and they're reacting to that. Okay, so I want you to watch this and I want you to notice the different responses from the different kids. Okay, can you guys do that? Okay, so let's watch this together.
1: Baby, you having a baby? <laughs> <laughs> you <had> a baby? <laughs> oh, baby? Oh, baby! <laughs> oh, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, what's your guess? Hmm. A girl. Okay, let's see. In there. No. Second one.
0: No. Are you freaking?
1: You have twins. Oh my god! Do we get a hug? Do we get a hug? Okay. What would you say if there is? a baby in my belly right now I would say wow <laughs> Are you ready to be a big brother again? <laughs> oh, are I'm, uh, I'm are you Are you ready to be a big sister? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's oh. happening. It's happening. You're going to get a little baby brother oh. or sister. Mommy's oh <laughs> you ready? <laughs> Are you crying? I don't know (laughs) right (laughs) now. Are you still recording? (laughs) It's okay. You're going to be the best big brother. (laughs) You're going to be a great big brother. Go get (laughs) him. Don't cry. Don't cry. What does it say? World's coolest big brother. You know what that means? You ready for that? Yeah. You excited? (laughs) Love you. (laughs) You happy? You're gonna be a big brother! (laughs) Big brother time! (laughs) Let's see the shirt. I'm not going to keep getting you crying. I'm sorry. A little baby (laughs) sister.
0: Oh, man. So what do you guys think? Do you guys like that? Do you guys like that video? Yeah. No? You didn't like it? Okay, I'm sorry. I'll try better next year, I guess. So that's good. But all right, so let me ask you guys this question, because this is a really important question. Did, when you guys were watching that video, did all of the kids have the same response when they found out their mommies were pregnant? No, right? Some were happy, and some were excited, and some were having a harder time, and they seemed like they were sad. And here's why. Some were sad, yeah. And the reason is because, while having a baby is really, 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 really great news. It's always great news. It has life-changing implications. It can totally change your life. And and the reason I tell you that, it's kind of a fun and silly way of saying that Christmas, the birth of Jesus, is a really, 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 really big deal. But if you actually stop and think about it, what the birth of Jesus means, it actually has life-changing implications. You guys know what implications are? Like it can change, it can totally change your life, right? It can totally change your life. That's basically what I'm trying to say. So that's good. And, and that's really what it means to behold something. When you behold something, you can really kind of see something for what, what impact it's going to have in your life, Right? Okay, so what we're going to do now is I actually want to talk to everybody in the room. So I'm going to ask you if you guys would take your seat. But before you do that, uh, there are some, some nice people who have a special treat for you guys, a piece of candy. So grab that on your way. If you want to go ahead and sit back down, grab that piece of candy. And please do not eat that until you ask your mommies and daddies if that's okay. I'll let them be the bad guy until you know. And so you can grab those. And uh, that's wonderful. Why don't you guys go ahead and give the kids a round of applause. So thank you for coming up here. Merry Christmas, thank you. Merry Christmas, you guys, Merry Christmas. Awesome. All right, thanks for coming up, you guys, I appreciate it. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. All right, man, Merry Christmas. Thank you, guys, Merry Christmas, buddy, high five. All right, all right, well, thank you guys so much for coming up again, I appreciate that. And by the way, um, we actually have a children's ministry here called Power Kids, that uh, helps teach kindergarten up uh, through elementary here. And let me just, at this time, mention that if you help serve and power kids in any capacity at all, thank you. I have a newfound appreciation for you right now at this moment. So that's, that's a wonderful thing. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I hope that, you know, it's kind of a silly way, it's kind of a fun way to sort of make the point that I really want to make, and that's this. You know we've been in this series here at Grace Church if you have been with us over the past couple of weeks it's been called Behold. And what we said about that is we said the word behold is a really fascinating word uh, because when you go back to the Bible and you look at the story of the birth of Jesus what you find is that there is an increased frequency of this word the word behold. And we said that when you actually go back and you look at what that word means like back in the original languages we said you find something really interesting. Uh, The word behold, it it means, of course, it means much more than just casually glancing at something. It means more than just like looking at something as you pass by. The word behold literally means to fill up your eyes. That's what it literally means. Uh, It's this idea of intently gazing at something. It's this idea of stopping and paying attention and really thinking through the implications of something. And here's what we said. We said that Christmas is one of those things that it's really easy to pass through this season. Uh, to kind of get lost in the busyness of Christmas and the traditions and the celebrations, which are all so good and all so wonderful. But it's easy to get so caught up in that that you can go all the way through the Christmas season without actually ever pausing and paying attention and really thinking through what it is that we celebrate, the birth of Jesus and the significance of that. And here's what we also said, if, if you've been with us, we said this, we said, when you stop and you behold Christmas, when you actually think about the meaning of the birth of this child, We said that you'll find that Christmas is more wonderful than you might first really kind of recognize. And we said at the very same time, it's also a little more threatening than you may have initially realized. In fact, it's really interesting when you go to the Bible and you look at the Christmas story, when you you look at the different responses of people as they behold this child, as they behold the meaning of Christmas, it's fascinating to see the wide range of responses. Just like the video we watched, there is a wide range of responses to, to Jesus, to who he is, to what he came to do, and to the Savior who was born. In fact, I want you to watch this video with me real quick. This video just kind of explains a little bit of some of the different responses of different people in the Bible uh, when they beheld this child. Let's watch this together.
1: There's a big difference between paint and a painting. Paint is a singular movement of the artist's brush gently scoring the canvas, bringing color and texture out of nothing. But a single brushstroke by itself provides far too little. It is the finished work of art that is intended to engage us, provoke us to think, to ponder, to change. Paint is what we already know. Red, blue, orange, violet, burgundy. But the painting is different. It demands a new perspective. Christmas is the story of the brushstrokes, the story of God's involvement in history coming together to form the grand portrait of His grace. The independent colors finally set in their proper perspective. The strands of God's promises finally colliding into something bigger and more profound. The subtle nuances of the parts that came before give way to something new, a vivid image shining brightly with clarity and inspiration. Paint is something we can see. A portrait is something to behold. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has looked on the humble state of His servant, Behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of your tender mercy, O God. This child will give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death and will guide our feet into the way of peace. in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Behold, this child is appointed for the fallen rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed so that thoughts for
0: many hearts may be revealed. fascinating, you know, when you look at the Christmas story and you look at the different responses of uh, some of the different characters, what you find, if you actually pause and really think about it, is that some of the things these people said about this baby were pretty radical. I mean, if you think about it, what, what did Mary, his mother, say? Has Mary called him her Lord and her Savior? And she even said about him, I am, I am his servant, and I have never met a mom who said that about her child when he was first born. I mean, you think about it. This is crazy. Some radical things. She, Mary calls him my Lord and my Savior. We see some of these other characters in the Bible. This guy named Zechariah called him the light in the darkness, that he is the light that gives light to all men, right? You read other passages. The Bible says that the wise men... They traveled from far off in the east to come see this child, and they bowed and they worshiped him, and they gave him gifts as a king. The Bible tells us the shepherds glorified him and worshiped him as God. And I'm just saying, when you actually pause and think about some of the reactions that people had to this child, they were very extreme. They were very bold. They were very radical things that they said about him. And yet what I also find really fascinating is that when you leaf through the pages of the Christmas story in Luke and in Matthew, you find that these aren't the only responses to this child. And when people truly behold Christmas, when they truly behold Jesus, you see that there is a wide range of responses. There's actually a very polarizing effect that Jesus has. In fact, one of the, I think one of the most fascinating reactions to this child in all of Scripture is that of a guy named King Herod. Now, if you're not a Bible person or maybe you're not familiar with King Herod, King Herod was the king who was uh, the ruler over the Jewish people in the, in the region of Jerusalem uh, during the time of Jesus' birth. And historians tell us that this Herod would have been a guy named Herod the Great. Some of you may or may not remember that name from from your history lessons, but Herod the Great was a guy who was actually called Herod the Great because of the great things that he had done. So he was great in his political power and his political prowess, and he was great in his accomplishments. He actually embarked on several large-scale building campaigns that are still known and still memorable to this day. And so while Herod the Great was known for being great in power, He also was equally known for being greatly paranoid. And so historians actually tell us that this is a guy who on multiple occasions was known for executing family members uh, because he felt threatened that they were going to try to overtake his throne or they were trying to jeopardize his leadership or his power. This is a guy that historians tell us that he actually commanded his officials that on the day he passed away that they execute hundreds of people that same day so that everyone in that region would mourn the day that he died. So he was an egocentric, megalomaniac guy, but he was great in power and he was greatly paranoid. And it's actually really fascinating that the Bible tells us what his response was when he beheld Christmas, when he realized what this child was all about. And I wanna show it to you. It's actually in Matthew chapter two, and here's what the Bible says. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, which we just talked about that, and this is the same guys as Herod the Great, The Bible says this, magi from the east or the wise men came to Jerusalem and they asked, they came with this question, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. And I just want you to get your mind around this for just a second, okay? So the Bible says that the king of the Jews, quite literally, the king of the Jews, King Herod, who was the ruler over the Jewish people in this time, was sitting on his throne and these magi, from, from the east, from the far east came to him to ask him this question. And notice the question that they came to ask this king, the king of the Jews. They said, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? In other words, what they did is they came in to the king and they said, where's the real king? Where's the real king? And you can imagine that for a guy like King Herod, this probably was a great threat. In fact, we do know that because of his response. Notice what the Bible says. When King Herod heard this about this new king who was born, he was, the Bible says, disturbed. He was disturbed. Some translations say he was troubled. And all of Jerusalem with him, he was greatly disturbed. Some translations say troubled. The idea here is that when Herod heard about this baby, he was threatened. He felt threatened to hear about a new king who was coming in to town. And it's really interesting to me that Herod's response was categorically different than the response of many others we see. We see people bowing down to this baby and worshiping him, calling him the Lord, calling him the Savior, calling him the light of the world, these bold, radical things they say about him. And yet you also have people like Herod who actually went, some of you know the rest of the Christmas story, Herod actually launches into a campaign to try to eliminate this child. And and, and here's the point that I'm trying to make is all throughout Jesus's life, from the very beginning, from his birth, all the way until his crucifixion, all the way through, what you see is that when people really behold Jesus, when they really see who he is and what he claimed about himself and, and, who, and what he came to do, you will see that it has a, he has a polarizing effect. And people respond in either one of two ways. They will either crown him as the king of their lives or they will reject him outright. They will reject him outright. And, and I just tell you, it's so fascinating to me when, I, when you look at some of the things that were said about Jesus. One, one of the things that a guy named Simeon said on the birth of Jesus, he said this. I think this is so profound. He said, behold, right? This is the idea of pay attention. Think about this. He said, behold, this child, this Jesus, is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel for a sign that is opposed that the thoughts and many hearts will be revealed. So you see what he's saying. Here's what he says. He says, yeah, it's good news that Jesus is born. Yes, this is wonderful because he's the savior and he's the king and he's the light of the world. But he says, but the reality is that this child is going to be a double-edged sword. And when people truly behold who he is and what he says about himself and what he came to do, they will either build their lives on him as the hope of their life. He will be their savior and the king, which some of you have done that, or they will reject him outright. But the one thing I found and the one thing I know is this, is when you truly behold Christmas, the one thing you cannot have, the one thing you cannot have is a casual interaction with Jesus. Man, when you look through scripture about what he said about himself, what the Bible declares about him, it doesn't allow you just to have a mediocre kind of encounter with Christ. Either It will, it will, it will be like that double-edged sword and you'll either respond by making him the centerpiece of your life or you'll reject him outright. And I just want you to think about it for a minute. Just think about it. That makes sense. Because I want you to think for a moment about just some of the things that we say about this baby, about this baby who was born during Christmas, right? Just think about it for a moment. So if you've been with us in the series, we've actually talked about this some. but, But we call, one of the things the Bible calls this baby is the Savior, and we say that all the time, right? What's, what's Christmas about? The birth of Jesus. Behold, a savior has been born unto us, right? And we sing that and we celebrate that and that's in our Christmas songs and we print that on our Christmas cards. But I want you to actually pause and think about that for a moment here tonight. If you really call Jesus savior, what does that mean? What are you, what are you saying about him and what are you saying about yourself if you call him the savior? Are you not implying that if you call Jesus Savior, that that means that you're admitting that there is something that you need to be saved from? Are you not admitting if you call him the Savior that you agree with him that you need to be saved from your sins because that's why you would need a Savior, right? And I'll tell you, when you start to think about that, when you really behold that, that's really good news, but it's also really threatening because for some of us, man, that's a hard thing to admit that our greatest need is to be forgiven for our sins, how about this? Think about this. The Bible says at the birth of Jesus, he's like a light that is shining in the darkness. Behold, a light has dawned in the darkness. And is that good news? Yeah, I mean, it's great. We love to sing about the light. We put it on our Christmas cards and we sing songs about how Jesus is the light of the world. But did you ever think about that? Did you ever think about what it actually means to call Jesus the light? What is it? It's saying something about him and it's saying something about us. Right? What does it say about us? What we're doing is this. We are, we are admitting to some extent that we're in the darkness, that, that any attempt to try to guide and lead and direct our lives apart from God is just gonna lead to greater darkness. And so you can see that that's good news, yes, but that requires that you have to admit something about yourself that quite honestly is a little bit, is a little bit humiliating, right? I'm in the dark and I need a savior. We call Jesus the king. He's the king, the true king who's been born to us. Is that good news? Yes, that's great news, unless, unless you think you're king. See, if that's the case, now all of a sudden, this is a very threatening message. If you think you're the ultimate authority in your life, and Jesus shows up and says, no, I was born to be your savior and to be your light, and I wanna be the one who has all authority in your life, well, now you see that's a very threatening message. So you see, when you behold Christmas, you come to realize that, yes, it is more wonderful than you may have first recognized, but at the same time, it is more threatening than maybe you first initially could, uh, could, could kind of see, right? And so the question that I really have for you here tonight on, on this Christmas Eve, the question that I really wanna kind of wrestle with and, and, and leave us with is this, is have you, have you really beheld Christmas? I mean, sure, we're all familiar with it. We all know Christmas. We all know it's about the birth of Jesus. But have you ever paused enough to actually think about the, the life-changing implications of what that means, If he's the light, and he's the savior, and he's the king, then what are the implications of that in your life? I know for some of us in this room here tonight, we would say that, yeah, we have beheld Christmas. And and for those of us who follow Jesus, this is the hope that we have placed. We have placed our hope in Christ. We've looked at him. We've said that, yes, he's our savior, that, that, that we need someone to save us from our sins, that that is the greatest need that we have, and that's what Jesus came to do. Jesus is not just an advisor. He's not just a counselor. He's not just a religious guru. He is the savior. For those of us who follow Christ, we've put our hope in that. We believe he's the light. We believe that he's the way to make sense of life, that he's going to lead us into the life that God desires. We believe he's the king that we believe that we are not the ones who are most suitably fit to lead our own lives, that Jesus is gonna lead us into that life. For some of us, we've beheld Christmas, and if that's you, if you're someone that follows Christ, man, Christmas is a big deal because this is the hallmark of our faith. This is what we get to celebrate. This is what we behold. But maybe for some of you today, maybe quite honestly, you've never really be, maybe you've never thought about it like that before. Maybe you've never really beheld Christmas. Like, sure, you're familiar with it. Maybe, maybe, you, you, know, maybe you, you come to church, and that's just part of what we do during Christmas, right? And, and maybe that's kind of, but maybe you've never really thought through, what does it actually mean if we, if we call him the Savior, and we call him the light, and we call him the king? What are the implications of that in my life? Maybe you've never really thought about that. And I would encourage you to think about that. We think it's a big deal. In fact, here at the Medina East Campus, we think it's the biggest deal of what are you doing with Jesus? What do you believe about Jesus? And for some of us, I think if we we're really honest, maybe for some of you, even as I'm talking right now, and I say, if you call Jesus the Savior, that means that, you have, that you're necessarily admitting that you, that you need to be saved from your sins. If you call him the light, that means that you're in the darkness, that you're not the one most qualified to lead your life. For some of you, quite honestly, when I say that, maybe for you, that kind of offends you. And maybe you're like, well, I don't agree with that, and I don't believe that. And maybe for you, you, you might, that might sound kind of extreme, and you're like, dude, why, you know, why are you got to be so strong about that? And, and listen, let me, let me just say this, that if that's your response to this, then I, I actually think that's a good thing. And the reason is because I think that maybe you're beginning to truly behold what what the message of Christmas is, because it is wonderful, but it is also threatening. And it says something about God, and it says something about us. And by the way, I just want to say this, that if you're a person that's here today, and maybe you're not a church person, or maybe you're investigating Jesus, or you're really not sure what you think about the whole Jesus thing, can I just tell you that we genuinely count it an honor and a privilege to be part of that investigation And I would love to invite you, if you're investigating Jesus, to continue investigating with us. We have tons of people who come during our weekend services who are investigating Jesus. You'd feel right at home. And we count it an honor and a privilege to be part of that investigation. We'd love to help resource or answer any questions or journey with you if you're trying to figure some of those things out. But let me just say this. Maybe for some of you here today, this, this evening, maybe for you, maybe as we're talking about Christmas and we're talking about, man, a savior who's come to save us from our sins, a light and a king. Maybe for you, maybe for the first time, Christmas makes sense. And maybe for you, you're in a place right now where you're ready to, you wanna say yes to Jesus. You wanna say, man, yes to Jesus. When you hear that there's a savior, you're like, yes, I need a savior. Maybe you're at a place in your life when you're looking at your life and you're saying, yes, I, I, I don't need assistance, I need a savior. I need someone to help me with with my addictions and with my issues, whatever. Maybe for, some of you in that, maybe for some of you right now, you're like, yes, I need a light, I need a light. I, I admit that my best attempts to define and direct my life have only led to greater pain and to greater regret and to greater whatever. Maybe you're in that place right now, and if that's the case, man, I would encourage you tonight, maybe tonight, to say yes to Jesus for the first time, to embrace him, to behold him as the king, as the savior, as the light. I just wanna encourage you if you've never done that before or maybe you're a person who you walked with God for a long time, maybe, maybe there was a time in your life when you had a vibrant relationship with God but maybe you've walked away from that and maybe even now, man, God is just restoring in your heart to come back home to him. And if that's the case, if you've never said yes to Jesus or if you have not said yes to Jesus in a long time, I actually wanna give you an opportunity to do that here tonight give you an opportunity to to embrace and behold Christmas because that's what Christmas is all about. God has given you a gift and that gift is for you. It is his son who's the savior, who's the light and who's the king. And so here's what I wanna encourage you to do. Okay, in a moment we're gonna pray together, but I actually wanna encourage you that if you wanna say yes to Jesus, when you guys walked in, you got those cards. At the bottom of those cards, there's actually a place where you can indicate I said yes to Jesus. And I would actually encourage you to, to let us know that, indicate that, And then uh, put those in those black tubes on your way out, those black, tall tubes. And the only reason I'm encouraging you to do that is because we really do want to resource you, want to come alongside you, want to help you know and follow Jesus. That is why this church exists. That's why we're here, is we want to connect people to Jesus. We want to help them to know and follow him. And we would love, love, love nothing more than to help you do that, all right? One last thing I wanna mention, and I'm gonna ask the band to come up right now and we'll sing a few more songs, but one last thing I wanna mention, and that is this, that that after this service is done, in the room directly adjacent to this room, just on the other side of this wall, we actually have something kind of special tonight. We actually have a prayer room that's set up. And I wanna encourage you that if you're a person who's in need and wants to be prayed for, for any reason at all, if you wanna be prayed for, if you have something you're going through, if you have someone you want us to pray with you for, we would love to do that. If you have any more questions about this conversation that we're having tonight, or maybe, maybe you just wanna take the conversation further, we have men and women who are ready and they are willing and want to receive you, to pray for you and to talk with you in that room. And listen, here's why that's so important, okay? Because I know we come in here and we sing these songs and we laugh a little bit and we smile and we all, everyone's all dressed up. You guys look so nice. And by the way, if you don't go to the Medina campus, this is actually us dressed up. So that's, that's just kind of, I wore a button-up shirt today, so that, that's a big deal. But, but listen, here, here's the truth of the matter is, I know that while we all smile and sing these songs, that for some of you, under the surface, I may mean, us be honest, this is a really hard time of year for you. And for some of you, I understand that that's the case. And for some of you, uh, for a myriad of different reasons, maybe 2017 for you has been one of the hardest years that you've ever went through and you're really looking forward to putting it behind you. And maybe for some of you there's been loss in your family or there's been painful circumstances or or there's been illness or there's been a recent loss of relationship or divorce or whatever. And maybe for you this Christmas is, is a little different than the other ones in the past and it's not all that easy. And can I just tell you that we understand that and we would love to pray with you, we'd love to pray for you as you're journeying through the season. But you see, Christmas gives us a hope. And the hope it gives us is beyond this life and beyond the pain that even we face right now. All right, so we'd love to do that. If you wanna get a chance to, we'd love to pray with you in that room, meet you there. Let's pray together. Well, God, we wanna say thank you so much for your son, Jesus, for sending him to this earth. And God, we know that what your son came to do is more than just be a good example and more than just be a good advisor and more than just be, um, you know, a good source of advice for us. He's a savior. He's the king and he's the light. And God, to truly behold that, I think, has some serious implications. It has some serious life-changing implications. And so I pray that even here tonight, you would help us to truly behold what Christmas is all about. And so, Father, I pray that as we worship and we sing and we think, God, would you help us to, even in our own hearts, contemplate the significance and meaning of your birth. God, we celebrate your birth, but more than that, we celebrate your life and we celebrate your death. You came to die for us. And so we we pray and thank you for these things in Christ's name.